Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. It's hour two live in Los Angeles. It's the herd wherever you may be and however you may be listening. iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, FS1. Uh, By the way, it's a National Letter of Intent Day. I live in Los Angeles, so the Bruins landed an unbelievable quarterback, Dante Moore. Highest-rated quarterback in Bruins history. Top two or three kid in the country. And then uh, USC ended up landing a great quarterback who they've had a commitment from for a long time. Um, the number two quarterback in the country, Malachi Nelson. So, uh, USC and UCLA got star quarterbacks. That's what the sport is now. Uh, you know, a lot of other programs are bragging about linebackers and safeties. USC and UCLA with offensive coaches both got superstar high school quarterbacks. Yeah. I saw my JMU Dukes inked a big-time long snapper. That is not a joke. They put it on their Instagram. Uh, I thought you'd just dedicate the final hour today to NIL and, you know, taking a big shot at Oklahoma. What's going on there? They're struggling a little bit. Uh, look at you laughing. Look I'm at not laughing. I am not <laughs> laughing. This, this sport, all these Oklahoma fans when Lincoln Riley left, the sport's an offensive sport. You can get all the safeties in the world. Do you have the guy spinning the rock? UCLA got one, USC got one. That's what the sport's about. Go look at an NFL pro football higher level. What is it about? 70% quarterback. Look who's favored to win the championship. They've all got star quarterbacks, no exception. So the bottom line is on these recruiting days, do you have a good coach? Hopefully he's on the offensive side. Do you have a star quarterback? If the answer is yes, yes, you're going to win a bunch of games. That's it. Now, Notre Dame's got a defensive coach, and he's good, and they were, but in the end, Even if you're a good defensive coach, if you're a good offensive coach, the sport is built now to favor you. 
That's just the reality of football. No, Notre Dame's going big game quarterback hunting. Yes. Uh, that, they they basically probably get, get one. first pick of the transfer portal. That's what it sounds like. So it, it's interesting. Uh, I don't talk a lot of NBA until we get past Christmas. Christmas Day sort of feels like the start, the television, the visual start of the NBA season. And then when football cools down in January, I take a couple of days off to go ski and hang out with the fam. Then I move back and we talk some NBA. What is remarkable, though, is how good LeBron James is playing in year 20. It is really remarkable. He's healthy. He's playing great. So yesterday he was asked, once again, the Lakers are 13-17 and and four of their wins. Uh, five of their wins are against either awful Detroit or the tanking Spurs. So they've, they've, really, they've really won eight games this year against non-tanking teams. Eight. Uh, and LeBron's having an unbelievable season. He is still the most dependable player on the franchise. Unfortunately for LeBron, it's a total waste. It's a total waste. Um, this is the 10th um, season since the great um, Dr. Buss, Jerry Buss, passed away. The Lakers have gone from showtime to timeshares. It's not good. So yesterday, the Phoenix Suns sold for $4 billion. What are the Lakers worth? Minimum eight, maybe 10. The Clippers sold for half of what the Phoenix Suns did, and they were the biggest joke in the league. Now, a couple years later, Suns for four. Buses could sell this for eight to $10 billion. I don't think this family, now the great Jerry Buss has passed, is equipped to run this franchise. If you take out the bubble season, which the Patriots just quit on it, Harbaugh just. A lot of teams just folded their tent in the COVID season. It was a year in which, you know, if you had a marginally injured player, people couldn't practice, they couldn't play. Take out the COVID season. The Lakers in the last 10 years have been to the playoffs twice, have had six coaches, have never won a playoff series. This is year 11. This is the next decade. This year, LeBron's in year 20, AD's hurt again, Westbrook's a $47 million annual bench player, and they have no shooters. Front office, depth, roster, scouting internationally, it is discouraging to say the least. When I saw that $4 billion for the Phoenix Suns, my takeaway is many of you don't realize this. Jeannie Buss is now, after the Sarver sale, the poorest NBA owner. I think it's time to consider selling the franchise. They are not equipped. They're just not. And the Dodgers are pulling away market share, winning their division time and time again, stars everywhere. I mean, you can see what the Dodgers are doing, don't you? Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger, Trey Turner, Kershaw last year. They're going after Otani. That's exactly what the Dodgers are doing. The Dodgers are going after perhaps the most remarkable baseball talent in 50, 60 years. Otani down with the Angels. They can't afford him. They can't market him. So the Dodgers went and got Mookie Betts. If you look at the way the contracts are working, they're opening up the possibility of spending $500 million on a player. But if the Suns can go for four, the Lakers could go for $8 billion. It has to be in that ballpark. Phoenix is a small market. LA is the fourth. California is the fourth biggest economy in the world. It just surpassed Germany. But I just don't think they're equipped. I don't think they're equipped at the executive branch, the ownership branch. Doesn't mean they're bad people. But this is second generation businesses. 75% fail. 95% of third generation businesses fail. The last 10 years, 
Take out the bubble. Playoffs twice as the number one brand. The Lakers have gone from a huge global brand to a marginal national brand to, I believe this morning, the second biggest brand in Los Angeles to the Dodgers. Colin, do you think this is a job for JNC Consulting? You know, somebody <laughs> told me we should put up merch with honesty brokers on the back of it because I think you were early on this trade Anthony Davis. That's the start. You got at this point, you got you can't just say we're gonna sell the team. I'm giving up. No, what does Jeannie Buss do for the rest of her life? Well, she's gonna have ten billion dollars. So, you know why she's relevant? Well, do you want to be okay. relevant or do you want to do something well, you're really good at? Jeannie Buss is on the scene out here in LA a lot. I I, you, I'm not anti Jeannie Buss. You don't have to Buss. sell the team. She can she can save I, face. I, how? I don't know if Palinka's the guy to do the job. Maybe it's someone else. But they I gotta think make you, moves. They're sitting on their hands while Rome burns. I mean, they're 13 and 17. They're out of the play-in right this now. This is Colin. now the beginning. This year is the beginning of the second decade since the great Jerry Buss passed. They're in worse shape now than six years ago. In the post Kobe days, pre hey, they had Kuzma, they had KCP, they had younger players, they had what's what's the shining okay. optimism? How about this? Can I go back to glass half full, Colin? Can you just flip it to be half okay. full? They've lost three games at the buzzer or in the final seconds this season. So if those happen to flip in the second half and those losses become wins, maybe I'm talking to myself into they're a play-in team, and then oh, healthy LeBron, healthy AD. No. No, I'm. Sorry. I mean, are you scared of Portland in a playoff series? If if you're Anthony Davis and LeBron, this and is, you're healthy. Ten years. This is year eleven. Six coaches, no playoff series wins. A forty-seven million dollar bench player. AD's trade value because you didn't move him when he started the season well is plummeting, and LeBron's having a remarkable year. He's really playing. It's incredible what LeBron's doing. Yeah. It's a total wasted year for him. Total waste. It's not over. You'd be very pessimistic, Colin. You're like, oh, last eight years. Let's worry about tomorrow. Forget about what happened in the past. You can't change that. If you look at this Lakers roster, there are moves to be made. You you ship Russ out of town. Did you see what's going on with the Chicago Bulls? We'll be talking about it later in the show. There is major dissension over there. Oh, so Zach Levine's going to solve the issues here? Well, I would love Zach Levine. Oh, good. But they can't afford him. But you get a Russell Westbrook trade, and then you do another deal to ship... Uh, I don't know the the Kendrick Nunn. You package him with Patrick Beverly. One Kendrick of those Nunn. The, all right. The Listen. Warriors and the Heat said thanks, no thanks. But Colin, there are other teams right now that want to tank for Wembenyama. Okay. They're desperate to okay. get off any players who are decent, like the Detroit Pistons. Bogdanovich could be had. I don't think he's a game changer, but he's a factor on this pretty bad team right now. No. I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> That's I'm not a, a positive. I'm, this is year eleven. Of the kids run the shop. This is year 11. The kids now run the store. No bench, no shooters, no wing defenders, 80 hurt again, reluctant to move Westbrook. Year 11, kids run the store now. If you if the kids run the business, we're year 11 and we're on our sixth coach, okay. our sixth GM running the, running the corner store. I have a right to be a little pessimistic. Okay, so you get in this show, we get off the air uh, a couple hours from now, and your first phone call is from one of the kids. Colin, man, you just killed us. Let me let me ask you, Colin, what do you do? What's the move you make oh, now well, uh, to make the Lakers better? Yeah, I and would, don't tell me sell the team because I'm yeah, not selling it. Well, I would have moved Westbrook during the offseason for Buddy Heald. Now that's seen as an obvious move that wasn't made. I would have moved AD a month ago, which now you can't because he's hurt. There's been move after. I okay. go on the air every day telling. Th- I don't hide stuff. If I feel it, I say it. We both want to be GMs, right? Rock stars. 
you know, wanna be basketball players. What, what's the old saying? Is music guys wanna be sports Athletes, stars, sports yes. stars wanna be music Rock stars. stars. I yes. wanna be a GM. Um, let's go to Greg Olson, who's sitting around thinking, what is this nonsense I just waded into? The three-time Pro Bowler, who did the Cowboys-Jags. And I, my takeaway was, don't blame the Cowboys. Don't be negative. The Jaguars played great. Trevor Lawrence is coming into his own. I, I watched the Jaguars, and my takeaway was, I wonder if they're a playoff team. I, I, I honestly, what did you make of that game? Yeah, going into the game, and we, we said it in the open, that the five weeks prior to that game against Dallas down in Jacksonville that we called last week, Trevor Lawrence was playing as well as any quarterback, maybe outside of Mahomes and you know Josh Allen. He was playing that good, 10 touchdowns, no picks. They were rolling. They were 3-2. and two. It was kind of an up and down, win one, lose one, win one, lose one kind of deal. Then they go and they beat Tennessee, and all of a sudden people say, could they win that division, right? Like everyone just assumed Tennessee is going to run away with it. But now they have Dallas coming into town. They'll come back down to earth, and, and they'll be out of the playoff picture. They come back from 17 down. We think the game halfway through the third quarter is over. Next thing you know, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence rolls him back, takes him to overtime, and they get a w- walk-off pick six. I, mean, I don't know if any of us saw it coming, but going in, we knew Jacksonville was pretty talented on offense. We weren't sure how their defense was going to hold up um, against Dallas, but they made the plays when they had to, and I think Trevor Lawrence is now playing like the guy we all thought he was coming out of Clemson. So the Eagles will go to a backup. I don't know how many times you've seen them. I'm sure a couple. My takeaway is Gardner Minshew is more than capable of winning with these offensive and defensive lines. I, I really feel like there there's an argument to be made that Philadelphia is the most complete team in the league along with San Francisco. Kansas City may be better because of Mahomes. Your thoughts on Philadelphia going on the road with a backup? I think it's a winnable game. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a winnable game. And and I don't want to compare the situations because I, I do think Jalen Hurts deserves to be in the MVP race along with Mahomes and and the usual suspects, Josh Allen and what and what those guys do on a year in year in basis. But what Jalen Hurts has meant to that offense, the entire offense has really been built around him, his running, his dual kind of threat. We see it every week, rushing for touchdowns, checked into that draw last week, you know, for the big touchdown against Chicago. But having said that, I do think there is some similarities between the supporting cast around him and the supporting cast around, you know, Brock Purdy in San Francisco. Yeah. So, right. So I think for Gardner Minchu, similar to how it is for Brock Purdy, they don't have to. They have the play caller. They have the offensive line. They have the skill talent around them and they have the dominant defense. Right. So there's a lot of similar boxes that both teams check. Again, I'm not, you know, Jalen Hurts deserves all the credit. For that he deserves for carrying that team and being a big part, but it is not a one man show. And I, you know, it's very similar to what Micah Parsons said last week, and everyone jumped on him. You can say Jalen Hurts is should be in the conversation for the MVP, and I hope this injury doesn't take him out of it. But it's also not a knock on Jalen Hurts to say he's playing on a really good team with other really good players. I think both of those things can be true. Is there anything, you know, I didn't think Dak played poorly at all. I thought he got kind of a bad bounce, interception, it happens. But if I said to you, um, Dallas, what concerns you going into the playoffs? Is there something now that you've done a couple of games, you've done multiple, that you think to yourself, I see this little trend, I see this weakness. Because you know, when you get to the playoffs, it's the best coaches and the best rosters. So any little crevice, Greg, becomes a hole. You know, right? Like the good coaches find what you do poorly and attack it. Some of these teams you play now in the regular season, they can't attack it. They don't have the personnel. What concerns you about Dallas? 
you know, the the last two games that they've lost, we've called both. So yep. Dallas fans probably think it's our our fault. <laughs> we had the overtime game. That I'm sure they they hate when Burkhart and I call their games because I'm sure somehow it's our fault that Dak had a ball bounce off Noah Brown's chest for a pick six. Um, but no, so in all seriousness, we saw them lose a 14-point lead in Green Bay a few weeks back. Yeah. Uh, they went to overtime. They lost. We saw them lose a 17-point lead down in Jacksonville. Those are the only two games they've lost in the last, call it, two months. What's weird, though, is typically teams that do these two things well close games with the lead. Offensively, if you can run the ball yep. and now you have the lead, Typically, that's a great close. And then on the defensive side of the ball, can you rush the passer? The other team's playing from behind, turns into a drop-back game. Both of those things are some are two of the biggest strengths that Dallas has. So I'm just trying to figure out why when they get these double-digit and in the last, you know, two-score and now in the last week, three-score games, with them being able to run the ball as well as they do with Pollard and Zeke, with Dak at quarterback, and then the pass rush that they have on defense – why can't they close these games out against, on paper at least, inferior teams to yeah. them, talent-wise and whatnot? That, to me, I don't know if I have the answer yet, but that, to me, is probably the biggest concern. If you go in and you just lay an egg and you get and a game gets away from you early, that could happen really to any team in the league. But to get up, to get up 14-17 in the second half and then not finish it, to me, that's the concern with Dallas. You know, I'm going to ask on your expertise of playing a decade and a half in the NFL is that I go back. The most recent example is Brady 7-5. and five. They get a bye week. They cinch everything together. They play Atlanta, Detroit, get confidence and win. I watch Detroit, and I'm like, something's happened in the last six weeks. They play with a lot more swagger. Hutchison now using the hands better, the rookie edge. He's He is more disruptive. The defense isn't great, but it's playing a little downhill. They're getting healthier. It's like, I would not want to play Detroit. They got nothing to lose. Uh, Dan Campbell's totally got the room believing in him. Did you ever plan a team, maybe it was Carolina, where like post-Thanksgiving something happens and you the team changes, the chemistry changes in the room? Yeah, and you can feel it. You, know, you can feel when that happens, and that's why – you know, there's that, you know, there's the saying, the only way to create a winning culture is to win. Winning feeds itself. You know, last last year we did Detroit um, at home against Green Bay. Green Bay had locked up their playoff seed. Detroit was playing for nothing. Rodgers played the first half. They benched him. Dan Campbell came out that game. They were running fake punts and flea flickers and you <laughs> name it. He emptied the bag and they won. And everyone walked away and said, well, they won a meaningless game of week, you know, 18. Who cares? And we said it on the broadcast, like, no, he's trying to create this culture that we expect to win every time we step on the field because you can say it, you can put up signs in the locker room, you can put up all these fancy slogans on T-shirts, but until you experience winning, you can't create a winning culture. And I think all of that history, all that foundation that he's laid over the last couple of years, even early in this year when they were, I think they started one and four, one and three, whatever it was, we had them early when they beat Green Bay. And I think from that point on, they are probably one of the most interesting and fun stories, maybe in the entire league over the back half of the season. I think the offensive coordinator is a stud. I think my prediction, he becomes an offensive co uh, head coach somewhere this hiring cycle, Ben Johnson. Dan Campbell deserves more credit for his intellect, for his brain. I, I think a lot of people base him on that initial press conference of biting everyone in the kneecaps. <laughs> yeah. But when you speak to him and when you actually are around him, 
He is highly thoughtful, very smart, has a great pulse of his team, and does a lot of interesting things. And I think we have to give all the credit in the world to Jared Goff. I mean, he was thrown to the Wolves, has to see his replacement, Matt Stafford, win a Super Bowl. Like, I don't care how much money you've made. I don't care how strong of a person you are. To get thrown out to Detroit and watch the guy they traded for you win his Super Bowl with your team in year one, that had to be tough. I don't care who you are. For him to now have the success that he's had and kind of revitalize that organization, I think there's a lot of people who deserve credit there. I think the roster's okay. I don't think it's amazing. I think they're getting the most out of it, but they can sense something's turning. And when you have a young, talented group that's still learning the game and they feel that confidence, like you mentioned, it's real and it feeds itself. And Dan Campbell's doing a hell of a job changing that culture there. And, and we've seen it now for the last couple of weeks. All right. Finally, uh, just a minute left. Your thoughts, Brock Purdy. Uh, I've said this before. They, there's something there. He's a four-year starter in college. You have to be so talented to be a four-year starter at a Power 5 school. And by the way, he generally played on teams less talented than Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. So he was often having to make stuff happen to win games. Like this Iowa State, you got to carry it. Can that kid, can that kid win multiple playoff games? I, yeah, can he be the quarterback of multiple winning games? Absolutely. Is he going to have to, at some point, carry the load and make some critical plays? Is he going to have to lead a two-minute drive at the end of the half? Is he going to have to hit some third and longs because maybe they don't get first and second down or they got to overcome a penalty? Yes. Right now, their style of play fits the young rookie, fits the kid who's just kind of learning. And, and I don't mean that as a knock. I, I think... We saw him make his debut. He was unbelievable against Tampa. He was throwing the ball. They were aggressive. Shanahan was not babying him. I think in his second start, um, you know, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I saw it was on. It was the national game. Oh, it was Seattle. Um, he he had some ups and the downs. He hit Diggs kind of in the chest. Fortunately, they dropped the ball. So he had a couple plays that kind of went his way. But I think he's shown that when Shanahan needs him to go out there and make a play, he can. But Shanahan also understands he does not need to overwhelm this young kid. He has talent around him. Hopefully they get Debo back. Brandon Ayuk's playing well. Kittle's fine, you know, really starting to come on these last couple games. Of course, McCaffrey is one of the best in the leagues, has the O-line, and then the defense is one or two, however you want to slice it, top in the league. So the formula is there. The system by design is not an overly quarterback dependent system. That's just how Shanahan has built it. And uh, I think he's talented. I do agree with you. There's a ton. There's a ton to be said about being a four-year starter, especially in today's world where anyone who starts is in a rush to leave. That's right. I think he's mature. I think he's got a great mindset. I think he's going to have his ups and his downs. But yes, I think he's completely capable of taking that 49er roster that he has around them and making a run. Greg Olson got the Cowboys and the Eagles in Dallas on Saturday. America will be watching. Good seeing you. Appreciate it, man. Good seeing you. All right. Have you had time now to think about your Laker take? Okay. I'll, I'll come back to you. Wait, what, what do you mean? Like what we should do to if fix I the give team, my kids, Consulting? If I, if I passed away and gave my kids my business mm -hmm. and 11 years in, we're in worse shape again. You're dead. What do you care? <laughs> You're not around. <laughs> I'm saying like, you know, well, they want to hand my kids something redeemable. Yeah, but I think it's more important to, what do they say? What's the saying? Uh, if you give a kid a fish, he'll eat for the day. If you teach a kid how to fish, he'll eat forever, right? So you need to teach him how to run the business as opposed to just, hey, here you go, hand it over. Well, you watch that HBO special on the Lakers. 
They weren't really. Oh, winning time! That yeah, was they, incredible. I love that, that show. So, so did I. I started they, to show my kid, and then I was like, "Ooh, I, we got, we can't watch all this stuff." Yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's, that's rated yeah, yeah, R, yeah. double Indeed. R, triple Indeed. R. Yeah. One more herd. The herd streams twenty four hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Hi, it's the herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Oh, this Sunday, Eagles, Cowboys on Fox game starts at 4 p.m. Eastern. Very big game. Um, boy, the TV ratings for the World Cup came in this week. Woo! Oh, man, it, what's amazing is is that the times weren't great. So you had matches in the middle of the night because of Qatar. The safest bet in the world is in four years, the World Cup on Fox is going to shatter records. I can't believe how good the records were considering the time the games were on. Yeah. They went up middle of the night. Uh, soccer officially arrived in America. We've been talking about it for years. It's almost like people talked, you know, they talked about tech or streaming or, and then something arrives and you're like, oh, we all knew soccer was growing, but this World Cup, the ratings for this World Cup, 
And we were out, you know, Netherlands out of the group stage out. Uh, I'm blown away by how many people watch. Well, rating Saturday for Cowboys-Eagles will be massive. Enormous numbers, Christmas Eve, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 Pacific on Fox. And, of course, the Fox Sports. You don't want to beat people over the head, but I think sports gambling, as it rolls across the country getting legalized, more people stick around to watch bad games. And the way to increase TV ratings, there's two ways, basically. The cum, how many people watch and how long they can watch. And I, and I do think betting keeps fans around longer in blowout games. Did my also, team cover? Is yeah. it over? Unlike the Packers, they take the knee against the Rams. And half the country's overjoyed. Yeah. And half the country that bet is crestfallen. So I think bad games, the audience sticks around longer. Time spent watching. Don't forget fantasy football semifinals this weekend. Uh, I know you're playing, obviously. You've got a good team in, in fantasy. I have Jalen Hurts as my quarterback. Oh, everybody cares. Not ideal. Yeah. All right, J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Let's go to the 49ers. They've already won the NFC West, secured a spot in the postseason with three games to go. Still battling for playoff seeding. Kyle Shanahan says he does not plan on resting any of his healthy players down the stretch. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make just watching it over the years. That's my opinion. I, I would understand if you're getting ready for a seven-game series. Um, I don't think football's like that. It's three and a half hours. It's one shot. I've seen, I've been on a lot of teams where you rest guys and um, or give guys a few more weeks, and those are usually the guys who struggle the most um, in that first playoff game. You know, I was talking to a friend about this a couple months ago. Both Tennessee and Green Bay off a bye. There's only two byes now, one AFC, one FC played stinkers off a bye. You tend to think, oh, it's football. Let's get it rested. You want to rest in the middle of the season. But the idea that the home game and not playing, Green Bay played its worst game of the year, arguably, in that home playoff game. And Tennessee couldn't beat a Cincinnati team offensively totally out of sorts at home. So it is, you know, football is very interesting. There are sports where, obviously, like in the NBA, rest really matters for like an older warrior team. Like they love an extra day off. But in football, like guys that get hot, you watch these bowl games, watch the first quarter of some of these bowl games. It's un- Have you watched any of the bowl games yet? None. I haven't watched a play. Not a play. Yeah. You can get rid of 20 Now the 49ers, Colin, I just looked, they can still get the number two seed. Right, I think you prefer that probably. Right, you know the three seed. Well, you want to play at home until as long as you can. Exactly. Like I, I think they have a shot at it. Kyle Shanahan, I would agree with that. But I'll just say this: Don't rush Debo Samuel back. Don't rush him back for uh, for that Week 17 game. Uh, next up, Tampa Bay Bucks. Boy, that was a tough one last week against the Bengals. They were up 17-0, unraveled in the second half. Brady had four turnovers, but he took accountability for his role in the loss on his Let's Go podcast this week. Rough day, and um, man, losing sucks. It's just the reality. There's not a lot of explanation. Unfortunately, I've had to do, you know, too many, too much of that this year. So just learning from it and trying to be better. And obviously, woke up at 3 a.m. this morning, just trying to figure out. You know, I just had some real <laughs> plays yesterday. At the end of the day, so you can't win when the quarterback turns it over four times, and that's on me. So that's how I feel. Should he have done an Elway? Won that Super Bowl and said, because he knew he wanted out because he was already in negotiations to play for the Dolphins, right? Or or get in the ownership group. Yeah. Would Brady have been better off doing an Elway and just saying, I'm out? This this year has been such a mess. He got pulled away from his family. 
had to take the vacation during preseason. Obviously, the family was struggling. Then he gets a divorce. Now he's not happy. Like, there is... Guys are great at entering. We're bad at exits. We get into wars. We can't get out of them. We get into we get into jobs. We can't get out of them. We get into relationships, and we text. We want to break up. Like, it, there's an argument to be made. Brady would have been just better off. It would have been a much cleaner ending, a Derek Jeter and L.A. ending, just like last year. You win that Super Bowl. This yeah. is it. And then leave us wondering, could you have won more? Yeah. In, instead of watching us view that you can't. Well, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about what ifs, but I am right. reading this book right now that says, you know, you could have gone all these different paths. And, Colin, I, I sometimes wonder, what if Brady had retired after the Super Bowl? You know, he's probably still with his wife, right? He's probably in the ownership group. I wonder sometimes, what if you hadn't nuked my website back in the day? I don't know if you remember that. I wouldn't know you. Probably not. No, I mean, it's... It's very weird sometimes if you actually sit there and think about decisions you make and which path you could have gone down. It's It's almost always better, as a rule for athletes, retire a year early. Easier said than done. I'm not saying, like, Elway, it was perfect, he won. Find me the athletes. Like, Brett Favre, when he had that one great Minnesota run and he came back the next year, you're almost as a pro athlete. The answer is almost, because you got the money and you got the fame. Yeah. The answer's almost retire. The minute you start thinking about it, like Aaron is talking about it so much now, he's probably best served retiring now or next year. Like one more year with the kids and letting it go. Remember Peyton Manning's final year? He was so bad. Everybody knew, like, ah, it's it's over. They win the Super Bowl, instantly I'm done. Smart, right? Got out at the perfectly right time. Yeah. Not a lot of people do that. Uh, all right, final story. In a surprising turn of events, Carlos Carrera, I hope I said that right, Correa, will not be joining the San Francisco Giants, Colin. Instead, he's going to the Mets. 12 years, $315 million deal That's with the team. That's a lot of money this for a guy. A, well, I, the real story is what the heck happened with the Giants. I haven't, I mean, there's ser- several theories floating about, but the switch comes after there was like an undisclosed medical issue. Yeah. Right? So were they not willing to give him 315? And the Mets are like, hey, we'll give you 315. Well, we I care. think with Steve Cohen, the owner, I mean, have you, are you looking at what they're going to pay a half a billion dollars if you count the tax? The Mets are going to spend $500 million this year for their baseball team. Now, they'll make a couple hundred million back, and Cohen's a billionaire. But in the end, if I have physical issues, if I have issues with your physical, there is no way I'm signing you to a 12-year contract. So I don't blame the Giants at all. Like, I would be reticent. I would be reluctant, excuse me, to sign a six-year contract if you've got physical issues. Baseball's 162 games, 30 spring trees, spring training games, post We're not talking NFL. I'm, you're talking about it's double the length of a NBA season. I'm not. If you got physical issues, I'm not signing you to a We don't long know what deal. the medical thing is. That's why it's so mysterious. So I had a buddy who's an A's fan say, listen, our payroll is the lowest in the league. Yeah. The Mets' luxury tax is double our payroll. And Colin, you've talked about this. The lack of a level playing field in baseball is a little bit silly. It, it, at this point, the Mets' payrolls, it's not even in this. It's not the same sport as what some of these low pay. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, the Mets owner is probably richer than the Giants owner, and the Mets owner is a Mets fan. The A's are a Triple A baseball. So team. okay, so make them sell the team to somebody who's going to spend the money, right? Shouldn't the league do that? Well, it, it, it's well, the, the league forced Donald Sterling and Robert Sarver to sell, but those were for different, different reasons. Yeah. But should there be, you know, should baseball have basically? It, you'd probably have a legal fight, a floor. You have to spend. Yeah. 
and, and, and it's you're pretty strident on it. You have to spend this or you're out. I mean, the, the A's are a triple-A baseball team. That's what they are. They're not a major league baseball. I know a lot of Yankee fans right now who are unhappy. Why? That the Mets across town are spending money like drunken sailors. Just everybody, hey, you're getting paid. And the Yankees are, I don't want to say a little tight here, but they're they are not spending the well, way the Well, that's are. because the Mets owners, Met owner is richer than the Yankees owner. That's why they're doing it. Steve Cohen's richer than the Steinbrenner. So are you pro-salary cap or you really are really in Well, I, I don't like salary caps in any business. But if we're going to let small markets in these leagues, I, I tend to think money, um, power erodes, power corrupts. So, I mean, Dan Snyder's rich. Washington's a mess. The two New York NFL teams have their issues. I mean, if you start looking at who's really well-run and winning a lot of games in the NFL, Kansas City is winning a bunch of games. Cincinnati, Buffalo, it's small markets. Because I think when you're in a small market, it's like being a middle-class family. You have to count your pennies and watch what you spend. Rich families, find me a rich family where the kids aren't a mess, where they're not in, you know, you got all sorts of issues. You know, look up Elon Musk's situation. Why? you got so much money and wealth and power Ego, um, you don't pay attention to details. Middle class families raise kids, they're good with their money, they didn't have extra money to spend. You got so same with the Cincinnati Bengals or the Baltimore Ravens. You start looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Green Bay Packers, they don't have excess cash. So they really are fundamentally know they've got to get everything right. That six round draft pick becomes crucial every year because the Packers can't get free agents. J Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The I mean, think about this. News. You're from the Northeast. Look at the New York teams. Knicks are poorly run. Yankees are underachieving. The Mets, at the end of the year, disappointed. Brooklyn's a tire fire. Jets have talent, but they're not there yet for a decade. Giants have been a mess for a decade. I don't know what the Rangers are. I don't follow hockey closely enough. But if you, I mean, look at New York. Richest city by about. Now let's go to Washington. The most, I mean, Washington's a wealthy city, District of Columbia. Wizards, commanders, nationals. You start looking at who's winning in sports. It's a lot of fundamentally sound, well-run teams that use analytics, like Boston for years and years. The Red Sox were heavy analytics. Not well, that Boston's a small market, but cl- they were smart teams. Yeah. The Celtics, the Bruins, they were using analytics. The Patriots. Like Ballmer with the Clippers. I think uh, he's one of the richest I think Ballmer's one of the richest owners in the NBA, right? Yeah. He is incredibly wealthy. They haven't won anything despite spending a lot on Kawhi and Well, Paul look, at, look at right now. The Lakers owners are the poorest in the NBA. The Lakers are not well run. Los Angeles. Yeah. USC had a seven years. They were a mess. They finally spent money and got Lincoln right. The, the downside of the big markets a lot of times is that you build it the wrong way. Because you can make so much money when you're good that you tend to overspend on the free agent because the ceiling is unlimited. You know, you're only going to make so much money as a Green Bay Packer organization or the Saints. You win a World Series in Los Angeles, I mean, you can charge double for the suites. I mean, what do the Packers charge for a suite and what are the, you know, mm-hmm. what do the Rams charge? It's probably a lot more. So I, I think sometimes major market organizations are are busy staring at the sky and the bags of money and the details get skipped over. They don't get skipped over in Cincinnati. Soccer out here in LAFC, bring on Gareth Bale. It worked out pretty well for them in MLS this past season. No, their advantage is to be in the big market. 
players want to play here. <laughs> so there's there's big advantages to the big city, and they use those. But power and money, we've seen it in our life. Yeah. If it was all about money, that New York teams, right now, the best team in New York State is the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> by a mile. Why? Yeah. Well, you could they, also just say, hey, they got Josh Allen. Well, that's part of it. But they get credit. He didn't go number one. You, yeah. the, the Giants reached on Daniel Jones. I'd argue the Jets reached on Zach Wilson. By the way, the reason the Jets got what Zach Wilson, somebody pointed out to me yesterday, what? the Jets won a game during the COVID season against the Rams. It was like week 15. A game they did not need to win. They were like 1-13. They win the game. And they fell to the number two pick. They end up with Zach Wilson. The Jags end up with Trevor Lawrence. Ah... Uh, Back in a second, live Tanking in L.A., works, The Herd. by the way. Tanking works, Cowherd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carshield.com or call 800-418-2558 to save 10% today. Don't worry, car breaks down. Carshield offers protection plans. The um, Trent Brown's a Patriot offensive lineman. Apparently on Instagram, he liked a post about replacing... 
Mac Jones. Now, it doesn't mean anything. That, that, that doesn't mean anything. I like stuff occasionally, not very often on Instagram. It's witty. I can send it to my kids. Trent Brown could be doing it to support Mac Jones. So when he succeeds, he can bring it back and say, look, I told you guys. So it doesn't really mean anything. But I will say this. Mac Jones isn't the one chucking laterals against the Raiders. And I think people forget how good Mac Jones was as a rookie. Remember, he only started one year of college football. Forget competent. His records were better by far than any rookie first year starting game one in recent memory. They moved Cam Newton out of town. He was number one as a rookie in wins, completion, passing yards, TDs, passer rating. He had a substantial, those, those numbers are comparable to Matt Ryan's career average. And Matt Ryan's had Julio Jones, a first ballot Hall of Famer, and Tony Gonzalez, tight end already in the Hall of Fame. He doesn't have a number one tight end. Hunter Henry's a two on a good team, probably. And he doesn't have a number one receiver. If Jacoby Myers is your two, then he doesn't have a two receiver. So, uh, I, you know, the, the, uh, all I would say, now, he dog cusses his coaches constantly. I think that wears them out. But, and, and Bill's never been loyal to players. He's loyal to coaches. But if you look at year one and year two, as Max regressed, what's the only change? A coaching move. So go the last two years, look at the first-round quarterbacks taken in the draft. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett. Outside of Trevor Lawrence, I'd argue I'd take Mac second. Now, I think Justin Fields is more talented, can't stay healthy. Mac Jones is a more accurate thrower of the football. So San Francisco today, if they could choose any of these guys, they'd choose Trevor Lawrence one and Mac Jones two. If you have an offense and want an accurate distributor of the football, Mac Jones as a rookie one year starting in college was incredibly effective. So Kenny Pickett does not as accurate. Justin Fields is talented, but we don't know what we have here. He's getting banged up a lot. Trey Lance, not accurate. Zach Wilson, not accurate. So last two years, he's there's an argument. He's been the most impressive after Trevor Lawrence. Could I argue to you, Colin, the reason Justin Fields is getting banged around is because he's got the worst offensive I'm line not, in the league. Okay, he's okay, got I, a defensive coach. Okay, I'm not saying that. But we know, I talked about this earlier. Remember the 10 guys I put up on the board? By year two, Thanksgiving of year two, regardless of your O-line, your coach, your owner, your weapons, the last 10 quarterback stars to enter the NFL, starting with Dak about six years ago, Deshaun Watson, Burrow, Herbert, None of them had a perfect situation. Mahomes was very good with Andy Reid and weapons. The last 10, you have known by Thanksgiving of year two. Mac Jones, you knew year one. So there's an argument to be made that Mac Jones gave you the proof that the last 10 quarterback stars to enter the league gave you. That he was exceptional. The fr No number one receiver. A number two tight end. I mean, they didn't have weapons. Yeah. Nelson Aguilar was their guy. I'm pretty sure he was like a fifth-year guy at Alabama, right? Didn't he only start for one year? He started on one year. Right, right. So he's like an older guy going into a Josh McDaniels system. I mean, I, I, I got to look it up, but didn't the Bears trade up to get Fields because they saw, thought someone else was going to take all, him? All I'm saying is this is year two for Justin Fields. I'm impressed with his physicality and size. 
but it is hot, cold, good, okay. bad, awful, great. They're- I would love you to hit up some of your GM buddies via text. Who would you rather have right now going forward, Fields or Mac Jones? I'm going to go ahead and guarantee that you'll get like 60-40 Fields. 60-40s, a coin flip. What do you mean 60? 50-50s, a coin flip. All right. Hour three, Mark Sanchez around the corner. It's signing day. Very good day in L.A. (laughs) The herd. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at first first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 